Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to Victory Drive, everybody. All right, this week we've got on Byron Horton. Byron Horton is the man behind Whitetail Experience. I'm sure you guys have seen him pop across your Instagram or YouTube or something like that. Uh, he's mostly into archery and bow hunting, you know, all that good fatty stuff like that. And he does a lot of videos on YouTube about like gear reviews, hunts and all that good shit. Um, just your, you know, just really trying getting out there in the outdoor space and, um, doing what he loves to do as well. And that's hunt and talk about hunting and show you guys what he's learned through his experiences as well. Um, also we have a very good conversation about guns He's, uh, he also does love guns, you know, just cause he likes archery and bow hunting doesn't mean he doesn't like guns. So we have a really good conversation revolving around guns, handguns and other stuff that, uh, he had questions about and I do my best to answer some of his questions, whether they're fucked up or not. I don't know. I guess I'll let you guys be the judge of that one. You know, let me know if what I said was wrong or right or whatever. Uh, but Byron, great guy. Glad to have him on. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll go get into the partners of Victory Drive. And like always, Victory Drive is brought to you by Grizzly Coolers. Grizzly Coolers is, I'll just say, in my opinion, the leaders of the hard-sided cooler game. They make grade A hard-sided coolers right down the street in Decorah, Iowa. All of them are made in-house, R&D in-house, everything. Done right there in their uh, at their headquarters in Decor, Iowa. Uh, not a lot of cooler brands can say that they're even made in America, let alone the Midwest. So if you're a Midwest person and you love supporting, you know, your, your local businesses, I would consider Grizzly Coolers a local business, at least to myself. If you're not local to the area or the Midwest, even they're still an American made product. You know, you can't, it's really hard to, uh, really hard to say no to that. They're employing Americans making shit in America, bringing it all back. So that's always good to see, but 
aside from their hard side coolers, they're constantly run of redoing and revamping their soft side cooler game and their drinkware. Those are two things that come from Grizzly that I really do believe are often slept on. They're great fucking products. Uh, I use them every day. I use, uh, the Grizzly drinkware every day. The thin pint glass, metal pint glass that you get from Grizzly, great for milk. Kurt said it, and I attest it as well. It's fucking great. If you're a milk drinker, put that shit in a Grizzly metal pint glass, and it is delectable. All right? You guys won't be... You guys... I know you guys will agree because it's just great. If you don't agree, then... I don't know, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Get your fucking taste buds fixed or something because that's wrong. Um, but also Grizzly Cooler is just great people. They got behind the, behind Victory Drive at a very early stage. So I, you know, it's a, a brand that believes in what I'm doing here at Victory Drive and they're just outdoors people just like us, you know, how they're fulfilling their dreams and doing what they can for the outdoor community. So with that said, Grizzly Coolers code is WCB for 15% off. So use code WCB for 15% off. Also, Huntworth. Huntworth is a great clothing company that has been with Victory Drive for quite a while as well. You guys know them probably best by their tarnin uh, camo pattern, but they're constantly doing new shit. They're constantly looking at new what they can, what new stuff they can bring to the game, whether it's a new camo pattern or a new article of clothing, the heat boost. I mean, my goodness, that Grayling hoodie. Holy shit, that's awesome. I mean, that's probably my favorite piece of Huntworth gear is that Grayling hoodie. It's infused with that heat boost technology. Keeps you way warmer when you're out there. And it's, it does a lot for uh, for uh, wind protection. So it's a lot like the... Sh- it's a, very similar to the Shelton hoodie. It's just a lot warmer. It breaks the wind really well. And it has heat boost in there. So it's fucking great. Um, use code WCB. 15 to save some money from Huntworth. That's WCB 15 to save some money on Huntworth. Also, Mountain Ops, uh, great a supplement company, great people behind that brand as well. Just seems like really good people behind Mountain Ops and is a company that I feel like I can get behind and I use their products every day. I use their pre-workout in the mornings when I wake up at four in the morning to go to the gym and pep, give me a little pep in my step so I can get out there and pump some fucking iron. So uh, I also Ignite. like their Ignite. Ignite is a staple product. Use that in place of your energy drinks. Get you through the day. If you have a long work day ahead of you, just scoop a, get a nice heaping scoop of Ignite. Pour that down in your, in your water receptacle. Swish it around a little bit. Drink your down. It's awesome. And it tastes great, too. It's one of those... One of those things where a lot of times those powdered brands, you know, you drink them because you're like, ah, I should because I'm sick of buying fucking monsters at the at Casey's and whatnot. But it also tastes great, you know. Some of those, some of them just taste like shit, but you just feel like you need to do it. But Mountain Ops does taste really, really good. And uh, also, I use their creatine. Their creatine's, I mean, creatine's creatine, right? But it's just, it's a really well priced, and it's even better priced if you use code Victory to save some money off Mountain Ops. So you want to get some creatine, some Ignite, some Yeti. If you want to go to the gym and get yoked, then use code VICTORY to save some money with Mountain Ops. Also, guys, really big announcement here. All right, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. It's a company that I've had my eyes on for quite a while. 
They've been tearing it up in the outdoor game, putting like just getting the best prices available, I feel like, for us outdoorsmen. And that company is Black Ovis. I know you guys have heard of Black Ovis before on the WCB side of things and with CC Hunt Files, rest in peace. But uh, Black Ovis is a fucking great, great company. They have some of the best prices for some of the highest quality gear out there in um, from what I've seen. Uh, just the other day, or eh, it was actually last week, I went to Shields. I like to pop in there, see what they got for sale. You know, I like to hit up the sales section in Shields because I'm a poor, you know, so I like to look at their sale items. And I went over there and they had some boots for sale. And I've been thinking, uh, my hunt boots I've had were some Danners and they're great, you know, but they're meant for upland hunting more or less. And they weren't really great in the hills where I hunt quite a bit. Um, but they're still great boots. They're uninsulated, but they stayed nice and warm, but they've been getting tore up. Like they're, they got some holes in them, some, a lot of really good wear and tear. I'm, it's time for me to get a new pair of boots. So I went and perused Shields for a new pair of boots. I looked at their, the boots I had on the sale and there's a pair of Alpha Burley Pros. Uh, I, for some reason I haven't ever had rubber boots. I know that's weird and probably sacrilegious as a whitetail hunter, but I've just never had them. I've always had leather boots that were either Gore-Tex lined or waterproof to some extent, but I've never had rubbers and I'm really thinking about getting into the rubber game. And to see how it is, you know, a little bit taller, scent control, all that good stuff. So I was looking at them Alpha Burleys, really contemplating whether I should get them or not. I was looking around for a worker because I was just going to pull the trigger. I'm like, fuck it. They're 200 bucks. They're regular, reg- regularly priced at two thirty nine ninety nine, And I was just going to, I was just going to get them. But when I was looking around for uh, an associate, a sales associate, I decided to look up Black Ovis and see what the prices were or if they even had alpha alpha burleys on black ovis i looked them up turns out they do have lacrosse lacrosse alpha burleys on black ovis and i looked at the price and holy shit they're 189 dollars for the i think they're 800 gram insulated alpha burleys i'm like well what the fuck that's not even a sale price for black ovis they're just better they're just better price they're they beat shields when they're on sale there so uh, if you guys haven't checked out Black Ovis, just check them out. They've got really good prices. One-stop shop for all of your outdoor needs. They've got footwear. They've got clothing. They've got camping gear. They've got archery shit. they got the Arrow ID Builder if you're into that kind of thing and you're sick of building your own arrows. You just want someone that does it all for a living to build your arrows for you and ship them to your house. Check it out. They've also got a whole bunch of shooting gear. they got tripods, Um uh, earmuffs, like Walker earmuffs that I use too. Actually, when I'm out in the rain shooting, they're the electronic earmuffs. They're great. You can hear so well with them. And then once you start shooting, it goes and just deadens it instantly. They're amazing. I love those electronic earmuffs. And if you guys don't have a pair of them either and you shoot a lot, you should really think about getting some because they are fucking awesome. You just leave them on. You can still talk. You can hear super well, honestly, with with them until you start shooting, then it just sh- shuts it down and it starts muffing it out. Um, so yeah, Black Ovis, awesome, awesome company. Very happy to be working with them and very happy that they jumped on board and started supporting the show. Uh, I think they're a great company that just it makes sense over here with Victory Drive and all of you guys as well. Um, so with that, they also gave me my own code, which is code VICTORY. 
So if you want to save some money on Black Ovis gear, which is anything on the store, I do believe, uh, use code VICTORY at checkout. Save yourself some coin. All right, guys. Um, Oh, shit. Fuck. I almost forgot. Talked about. Got to talk about hunt camps. So uh, this year we're going to Wyoming for bear camp. And I got to let you know. If you guys have been wanting to go with me and if you reached out to me, uh, I do apologize if you didn't make it. I, so I had to do Wyoming Bear Camp as basically a first come first serve, right? So the per, the people that tell me they are interested, I send them the info for the hunt and the paperwork they need to fill out. I send that to them and then they send it back to Trey and send Trey a deposit. Once that's all done, they get marked as going, like they're going and I could only take f- four people max to bear camp, right? And it filled up pretty quick, um, honestly. So if you didn't, if you reached out to me and you wanted to get to go into bear camp and you didn't make the cut, I'm so sorry that that happened. But it's just the way I ha- it had to be done. So bear camp is full for 2024, but I am taking people that are interested in 2025. So you know you can still hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, or my email. And just uh, let me know if you're interested in going to Bear Camp for 2025. Um, that's probably going to fill up pretty quick too. We dropped the price to 2500 and made it more of a self, like a, it's like a drop camp style hunt now. So uh, I hope to see you guys in 2025 at Bear Camp, and you know, just get get it while getting's good because that that those spots fill up quick. And there's only one there's only one week. I don't have unlimited time away from the job, so. I can only go for a week, so there's only one week that we're doing in Wyoming Bear Camp. So if you want to go, let me know, and we'll get you in there ace like right away. But it's going to fill up quick. So anyways, enough of Bear Camp. It's going to be a good time. But those of you that wanted to go, I'm sorry that you didn't get it. I'm sorry. And those that are going, fucking glad to have you. It's going to be a good time. But where what is not full is Africa. If you motherfuckers want to go to Africa, you know, let me know there. That I still have five slots available for Africa. So that one's a little bit harder to fill. I understand that Africa is a big ask. You guys are, it's tough. You know, it's a long trip, kind of expensive, but it's not overly expensive. And we're trying to give everyone plenty of time, but time is ticking. Time is ticking and it's getting closer and closer and closer. So if you guys want to go to Africa, if you're even thinking about going to Africa, please reach out and let me know and we can figure it out together. All right. Um, it's really not impossible to save some money for a dream hunt like Africa. It's so much fucking fun. It's an absolute blast. I know you guys would have a blast in Africa as well. So if you want to go to Africa, please let me know and we'll get you on the list. Those dates are August 26th through September 3rd. All right. So once again, let me know because it's getting closer. We really got to start filling these slots and getting planning on Africa. Okay, guys. So hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, or my email, which is at which is victorydrivepod at gmail.com. Let me know what you're thinking about Africa and all that good shit. Uh, or DM me, DM me on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. So, all right, enough of that rambling, guys. I'll let you get to the episode. So, please welcome Byron Horton from Whitetail Experience.
All right, Byron Horton, how you doing, man? Dude, I am well. Uh, didn't get a little hunting in over the weekend. We got some cold temps coming, and tomorrow is ATA, so I'm not going, but I will be kind of glued to the interwebs uh, when time allows to see what new gizmos and gadgets are coming to market. Yeah, no, it's gonna be fun. I'm actually, I am going to ATA for the first time this year with uh, Kurt and the WCB boys. Uh, I know I gun podcast going to an archery trade show thing, uh, but. You know, I shoot bows too. I like to. I love bow yeah. hunting. It's a good time. There's so, a lot of crossover there. there We're is. all red blooded Americans. So. Yeah, and that's kind of the what I'm trying to. I think kind of what uh, Kurt saw in me, and also everything else is like I'm a bow. I like I'm a bow hunter, but I'm also a gun guy, and I like to gun hunt. But I also just like love the sport shooting aspect of things too. I'm not saying I'm like a, I'm not like a competitive shooter. I never shot competitively. I'm not saying I won't someday, but. Uh, it's just, I just, I've always grown up loving, loving shooting and guns. And that was like my first passion. I'm, I've never been like passionate about archery, but I'm mm-hmm. passionate about like guns. Like that's stuff that I like to kind of mess around with and learn a lot about like bows for me. It's like, I get a good bow and I shoot it and I'm like, all right, cool. This is what I got. This is my setup. Don't sway from yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But, well, in. And- and when you look at return or, or what holds their value better, firearms hold their value way better. In fact, I think I bought my, my first firearm was a Remington 870. I bought slightly used for like 225. Like, dude, if I could have bought every 870 in that, that $200 price range at that time, I could be selling them right now for what, four? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They definitely, so, they, they at least adjust with, with inflation. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, your bow doesn't do that, dude. It drops no. like a rock and, uh, kind of every brand, but Matthews really drops uh, a little bit faster. I feel like I do too. I feel like uh, guns are they maybe it's just the American in us. Like guns are just ingrained into our DNA. But mm-hmm. also, guns. I don't want to get any hate for this, and you know, feel free to disagree. But I feel like a really well manufactured gun. So a lot of times, they're like works of art. And you look at them, you're like, oh, my gosh, that is so beautiful. Bows, unless you're talking trad bows, like, they're not really works of art. Like, they're high-tech pieces of machinery, maybe, but Mm -hmm. they're not like, I don't know, I don't look at my compound, really, and be like, damn, that's fucking beautiful. I just look at them like, that's a cool compound, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Trad bows do, though. They do have a lot of workmanship, workmanship and stuff that go into a lot of trad bows, and those are be- like works of art a lot of times too. So, yeah, yeah, the wood ones that have some cool looks. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but I'm with you. I, you you pick up some firearm, and plus, dude, like I don't know about you, but I got a man crush on on 1911s and you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was my first handgun. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say first. It was the first handgun that I personally bought. So, oh really? Okay, yeah. so 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 this I I had a, a gold star question here when you kind of said, "Hey, can you want to do a podcast?" I'm like, "Absolutely." I was like, "But like, I have some some gun questions." So I bought a Rock Island 1911 uh, to 18 months ago, we'll call it, and it was a good little entry. And I heard like through my YouTube research or whatever, like, okay, if you're gonna get a budget one, Rock Island's not a terrible brand. But I'm not gonna lie. I kind of wish I spent like another two to three hundred dollars and got into like the eight hundred dollar price range. Maybe a Springfield, maybe a 
uh, one of the higher end or mid-level camber, some of that stuff. Do you have mm-hmm. a recommendation for somebody looking just under or at the thousand dollar mark for for a nineteen lem? Do you have a brand you like? Oh yeah, uh, Springfield for sure. Uh-huh. They're uh, in my Wh- opinion. Which think, model? Uh, the operator. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. That, that one's yeah, because it, it's got the green uh, yeah. G10 grips. It's got the uh, the rail system underneath for a light. Yep, I I think that's probably the it's like the in my opinion probably the best all around 1911 for the price. It's the most bang for your okay. buck. It's not the cheapest. It's not the most budget 1911, but it's not like the super high end like 1911s, you know. So it's a really solid, like a Dan Wesson, yeah, or uh, some of the other stupid high end. So right. you know what other brand I've been seeing also that they very much compare it to is Bull Armory. Which I think is out of Israel, but like, mm-hmm. I don't. A lo- on the interwebs, it's getting a lot of credit um, in some of the gun forums. It's like, hey, if you find this at, at, at the same price as the TRP, it's it's worth looking at. Mm-hmm. It says bull yeah. bull armor. Yeah, I don't think I've ever even yeah seen them honestly. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you if you kind of they make uh so they were the first ones to introduce like a. Uh, uh, 2011 that was more in the sub two thousand dollar range. That's what kind of put them on the map, if you will. Okay. Um, but their their 1911s are kind of more targeting uh, what I'll call like the 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 Springfield TRP. Then they have they have some models in that like eleven to thirteen hundred dollar mark where they're not as as cheap as uh, maybe even the second level Kimbers. I feel like I never see Kimber get talked about too much in the 1911 like mid-level price point like i know they make a lot of them but like i just don't see them on the youtube on on gun forums as much Uh, why is that uh well uh they kind of got a bit of a bad reputation for just their reliability they've had they've had some issues um they look good like they're Mm -hmm. pretty guns they're just not like you're not i don't know i had a kimber raptor too that was the first 1911 i bought it was a Kimber Raptor 2 and it was it was cool like I liked it but it didn't shoot near as well as my uh my Springfield did okay so I, I just whenever I went out shooting it's like uh it, it was kind of so the Kimber I just had some feeding issues it uh would double feed in the stovepipe quite a bit I don't know what really the mm-hmm. issue was but it just had a lot of uh issues with just the way it ran or just wouldn't feed properly all the time. And I, you know, I take care of my shit, especially 1911s, you know, I, you know, clean them pretty good. And then, um, <laughs> you know, lube them up. I'm not, I, that's like, your, that's like the sports car, right? Like they're not your pickup truck fire. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like that Springfield, dude, that thing ran, it just ate everything I put into it. And then the Kimbers were really finicky on what brand ammo. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't feed it like the cheapest ammo I could find. Mm-hmm. Had to be pretty decent ammo in order for it to run decent, but the Springfield it ate everything and it just shot. It was awesome. Okay. I liked that one a lot. I, w- I really wish I wouldn't have gotten rid of it, but you know, okay. times are tough when you're poor. Yeah, uh, no, I hear you. I hear you. The, yeah, yeah. Springfield's on the list. I I know. Um. Oh, I'm trying to think of their their uh, the Ronin. I think is their model also. That's like I think it's under a thousand dollars, and it comes. With a fiber optic front, um, I believe you can get a model even with front slide serrations too. So like, mm-hmm. uh, um, but I'm not gonna lie, my my I have a brother-in-law with that uh, 
the the TRP the uh, what is it the officer or what, what do they call that model? Yeah, the shorter reference? one. Uh, no, the, the operator. Short, sorry, oh, the operator. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Did you see they just came out with that? I think this year in nine millimeter, like full full size, and the guys were like, "This is like so smooth shooting in nine. Oh, really? Um, yes. I, I might have missed that one. I don't know. I didn't see that. Is it just a? a is it like a? 2011 style, like double stack nine mil, or is it still single? Stack? No, no, still still okay. single stack. Uh, so I think you're ten plus one if if you you know you fully loaded or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guys yeah, at the range had both the 45 and the nine, and the guys were like, man, this this gun in nine millimeter is like no, you know, just because they're heavier. It's just oh, like, yeah. dude, this is a, a dream to shoot. Yeah, no, um, the, I mean, you put that's why those 2011s are so nice. Because they mm-hmm. have the weight of a 1911, they feel good in the hand like a 1911. They're beautifully crafted. You get that trigger. You got that crisp trigger, that single action trigger, and they shoot. And when you have like the you know the lesser recoil of a nine mil pounding away with a heavy a heavy gun like a 1911, it's it just mm-hmm. it's they're going to shoot great. Like they're just going to feel good. So yeah. even a, even that forty five, that's what makes uh nineteen eleven so special. My my opinion, you know, being all metal framed and everything mm-hmm. else, like that makes that forty five feel not bad. Like it feels good. Like it's easy to shoot. It feels kind of like a pooch, yeah. just because it's so yeah, it's no, heavy. It, yeah, yeah, it absorbs it really well. I was I was shocked when I pulled my first mag or put put my first mag down range, and I was like, oh, big gun really handles that big bullet well. And I have like a steel plate out back or whatever that I shoot. Um, and it, it definitely moves a lot more when that, 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 uh, 230 grains hits it versus even, oh, I shoot it with everything from 17 HMRs to, to my muzzle loader. Mm -hmm. But that, uh, that, that 45, when it hits that plate, it moves a pretty damn good bit. It's a, it's different. That's for sure. It makes a difference. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You get, it really feels it. Uh, yeah. Now I also had a six hour scorpion for a little while too. That was a nice one. Okay. That's pretty nice. The only thing I didn't like about that is the Cerakote on it um, started chipping really bad. Like, I can deal with, like, wear marks and stuff from holster wear. Like, that's not a big deal, but it started chipping really bad for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's just mine, my model or something, but uh, the finish on it w- wasn't the best, but it shot great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my thing. Is like so, so the Rock Island, like, I don't know, you can see some, like, lesser welds like cosmetically like there are some things i would change i the trigger is actually pretty good for a budget 1911 like um i can upgrade the sights i can upgrade the um the grips or whatever like those are kind of interchangeable we're like okay i can go spend an extra 100 bucks and get better grips to my door and stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah just looking at it and now having it for 18 months i'm like man i kind of wish i got a little better one i'm not gonna lie yeah Especially when you start pricing things out and everything else, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Well, fuck! Like, I could have just bought a night a little bit, like just the next step up, you know? I guess mm-hmm. if you want to put it that way. It's kind of like with rifles too. Like, there's definitely uh, when you're talking budget, like buying buying guns and stuff on a budget. Because I'm not rich by any means, so I'm not always looking at price. Like, what what's the best bang for my buck? But I also don't want to buy a piece of shit just because it's cheap, you know? So yeah. I always kind of go by like the best bang for your buck in the best you can afford in pretty much anything when it comes to that kind of stuff. Cause like with rifles too, I mean, I mean, there, there's a big difference between like a Winchester XPR rifle 
and uh, even like in like a even like a something similarly priced like a like a like a Tika or something you know when you're talking okay. rifles like it's a huge difference like just in the accuracy in the feel you know those like I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Winchester fan but when they came out with like their budget line the, the XPR line it's kind of mm-hmm. like I don't know they're the there's other budget is, rifles you you would spend money on it right is when that what I'm yeah pretty much when you're talking like accuracy consistency between rifle to rifle I just feel like they missed it a little bit with that okay. and even when you're talking something like just a little bit more expensive like a Tika you're going to get way more consistency with your accuracy you're still not going to get like a an awesome stock and like a beautiful rifle with a lower Antica or nothing like that but you know like when you're talking rifles like Bergara like they're in that you know, fifteen hundred dollar, two thousand dollar range, depending on what rifle you choose, and they're fucking like lights out, and they look good. They look good, yeah, feel good, and they shoot great. So it's like when you're in that fifteen hundred, that's when shit really gets competitive in rifles. Is when you're in that fifteen hundred dollar to two thousand dollar range. And there's a lot yeah. of really good rifles in that range. Yeah, but. me and my buddy Dave too. We talk about sometimes like we're talking gun purchases, and like we're like, you know. It's 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 kind of also cool to have like a, a few different guns, right? Where mm-hmm. you you maybe like you said you don't you don't buy the the toppest of the end, but like oh you have a a twenty two mag revolver and a thirty eight revolver. Well, you also have a a six inch thirty eight revolver. You know if you if you, if you can find I don't know the right level of price to performance for your your abilities and what you want to do. Like I don't know that's something we've been discussing lately. I actually just picked up. Actually, I built slowly a uh, Glock 19 clone from uh, Palmetto State Armory. If oh, you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, their dagger. Um, where I've been, so I bought like the lower is what I'm going to call it. it. They marked them on sale for like 69 bucks, so that's the serial part number one. And I had to pay a, a oh the FFL fee, and then I waited six months, and they just put like a RMR slide and threaded barrel combo on there for 200 bucks. So. For just about three hundred dollars now, I have a uh, a Glock nineteen clone, and I plan to put like a budget friendly like red dot on top of it because I got it mm-hmm. with the RMR, thinking that would be my first handgun with some sort of red dot on it. Mm-hmm. But that's been a cool. I don't know. I've researched it. I've seen enough of like plus thousand round reviews of that thing to, to okay, I'm gonna spend a little money on this. This will be a good like just kind of do all handgun. I, I do want something with a red dot to shoot recreationally, and maybe this will be the the nightstand gun that I can put a light on as well. And, um, oh, for sure. Yeah, so I've been, I've, yeah, I built that over the last year, just kind of watching for deals, if you will. Yeah. yeah you, I'm sorry. Did you say you ha- you have an RMR for it? or? Uh, no. no so, okay. so it came with, like, the RMR. The slide has the cut and the oh, light sure. or whatever on top. Okay. And it's got, like, the, the elevated sights, so you can, what do they call that, cross cross-reference i don't know but no, yeah, like no. i said i am a, i am an entry-level gun guy here gotcha um, yeah no you're good so you have the i guess they're red dot like uh the iron sights that can clear like the mm-hmm. red dots so if your red dot goes out battery dies in it or something like that you can still use your uh, irons exactly right. exactly and from like a uh spending thing so so i spent sixty dollars six months ago right to get it to, to buy the lower half. And then I've been waiting, kind of just looking for deals. And I didn't want to blow all that cash at one time. And now I've picked up the upper half for 200 bucks here last month and free shipping. So that was huge. Oh, nice. And that, now I'll, I'll look for maybe a Sealy or a, 
a kind of budget level red dot here over mm-hmm. the next, I don't know, year. And just that way, you know, I'm not dropping four or $500 all at one time to, to have a handgun with a red dot on top of it. Oh yeah. And sure. my thought too, is that thing takes Glock mags, Glock parts, Glock aftermarket triggers. Like I can do a lot with that because it's got the like Glock base, if you mm-hmm. will. Yep. Are you familiar with PSA? Do you have thoughts around Palmetto yeah. State Armory? No, I think they're good. Uh, I they're I think they're they make really good stuff for the price. Like I think they're a really solid mm-hmm. budget company. Uh, some guys like to poo poo on them, but I don't really know why. I've never heard like personally heard from someone that has uh, PSA stuff, especially like in the AR realm, when they're like, "Yeah, I shoot uh, my PSA AR and it shoots fine. Like it it doesn't shoot." like a Daniel defense, but it shoots fine. I like guess it shoots good. It's yeah. Decent accuracy and stuff and everything else. So it does what I need it to do. Uh, but when you're talking like guys that are spoiled, then they <laughs> shoot a PSA and they're like, Oh, this thing sucks ass. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're used to shooting like super high end stuff. Like you have to come to it. It's not, it's not going to be that sports car, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever, or luxury, super luxury vehicle. You know, it's like, it's just a workhorse brand. For it's the, the Honda Civic of yeah, the AR realm. Yeah, it like it'll run. And if a guy's like myself, like I'm not a serious shooter, but do I want an AR? Fuck yeah, I do. Yeah, dude, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, especially with uh, the way politics are going now. I, f- I feel like everyone should go buy an AR just because you never know when you're when that time's gonna that hammer's gonna drop and you're not gonna be able to get them. So it's like get dude. out there and get it now while you can, and hope for. And if it, you know, if they never end up banning them, then great. You still have a cool yeah. AR, you know, and it's like, get whatever you can afford. Cause you never yeah. know. But, yeah. Dude, my wife came home. It was, uh, the day the, uh, parachuters with the, uh, in the Gaza strip. Oh yeah. And she goes, man, I like my wife's family sits on the right side of all these politics, but uh, she, she looked at me, she goes, you know, I know you probably have an AR in mind. Like, she goes, I think we should buy one. Just, this is like the third time in the last 18 months of civilization that, Shit might hit the fan at some point, and we are going to be sitting there wishing we had the AR. So I, yeah. I literally fired up a cart the next day with a, oh, I put a one of those six hour Romeo red dots on the top. Oh um, yeah, got a couple, yeah, a couple mags. Like I had a little like cart built, and and you know, it, <laughs> credit card was swiped within about six hours of that green light from my wife. So. <laughs> yeah, you got, dude, you got to jump on that. You know, oh if yeah, you, if you wait too long and him haw around and. You know, maybe an attitude changes, and you're like, you gotta take that opportunity when you can. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I when I bought this, uh, I bought a. I've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast, but I bought this Ruger M77 Hawkeye, and it's a thirty out six. I'm like, dude, this, I just have so many plans for that rifle. But uh, I was at the gun shop, and I was him hauling around and stuff. And I went back home, and I was talking talk to my wife about it, and I just like basically didn't stop talking about it for like three or four days. And she's like, well, why don't you just go fucking get it? I'm like, hmm, yeah, good. I don't know, good question. I just got in the truck and left. I'm like, I'm going to get it right now. She she said it. I'm out of here. You know? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. But nice. no, AR, like, uh, oh, man, I, I fucking, I'm drawing a blank. My, so my AR was put together by a friend of mine. Uh, he just built them uh, a while back. Like, mm-hmm. I bought this years ago. He just would build them for fun. Like, he just loved tinkering with ARs and shit. And I can't, mm-hmm. I can't even tell you what all I have on there. I'm pretty sure I have a PSA upper on it, though. Um, okay. But I couldn't tell you what the lower is. It's okay. something it has something. I can't. Fuck. I wish I could remember. It's a, it's something like has like some Templar writing on there where it's like 
I don't know. It's like uh, fire is God wills it or something like that. I don't know. It's kind of funny, but I can't remember what the lore is called. Uh, but yeah, I bought that quite a few years ago, and it shoot. I mean, I I only have one, but it shoots great. And I just feel like in today's day and age, everyone should be just go out and get an AR. You know, whether yeah, they just have it for plinking and for fun and stuff like that. But just get it just because you never know when that hammer is going to drop. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> So my next, my next one, I hate to say this. Um, a, there's a, there's a handful of companies. PSA also has them too, but like an AR nine uh, millimeter that takes Glock mags, I think is, is in my future as far as a, a fun plinker, a fun, I don't know, nine millimeters. What about, let's just call it 50% of the cost of a five, five, six. But my thought is too, a little bit of zombie apocalypse shit hits the fan a AR that takes nine millimeter and Glock mags. That, that's a pretty good, uh, comp- like you can jam like the small mags in there. Like then I've got a handgun that also takes the same mags as my AR. Mm-hmm. Like that's a pretty good bug out type. Oh shit. Uh, situational gun. But, uh, I think it would also be a blast cause I can sit there and shoot steel at, at closer range and, and not piss off my neighbor. Like I said, I live just on the outskirts of town where I can, I can shoot some nines and some shotgun shells I, I can run a mag or two of five five six, but I probably couldn't run a couple hundred rounds of a five five six. Yeah. Um, without you know somebody getting a little po just because we're we're on some smaller lots on the outskirts. But but yeah, like a nine millimeter in in, in AR, I think that would be a fun tool. Oh yeah, yeah. Those uh, what do they call them? Uh, PCCs or pistol caliber yeah. carbines? Yeah. Uh, those, I mean, those are fun too. I've shot a handful of those and they're just a good time. I mean, like you said, nine mil, I mean, nine mil is so cheap. So you're talking about getting your fundamentals down. Cause they make, they make ARs like the AR platform and they shoot, it's a, you know, PCC, but you know, it takes the especially the extended Glock mags and stuff and you really mm-hmm. load it up and you can shoot those all day long and just work on your fundamentals and all that stuff. And that, that's going to directly transition. Even when you bump up to, you know, five, five, six or bigger, you know, it's just working on your fundamentals for cheap, you know, because nine mil is, yeah. I mean, it's so cheap. It's so cheap compared to like everything else. So, yeah, I think we'll see a couple more variations come out at like shot show here in the next, what it, when shot show, like two weeks. Uh, probably. I don't know. I haven't, I don't even know when shot show is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Vegas. I, and I want to say it's like a week after ATA, but I, I'm okay. pretty sure like, because I uh, I think Smith and Wesson just released I believe it's called the Stance or whatever, and it's like a, a PCC nine millimeter AR kind of controls or whatever, and it's it's even cheaper than uh, their um their folding carbine or whatever. Have you seen that? I thought about getting that. Yeah. For my, uh, my 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 father in law he has um, an M and P. Um, I think two. I think he's got the second version of their hanging, but it takes the same mags, but. Literally a little folding carbine. I mean, that's such a cool little truck gun or nightstand. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, that 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 thing. Um, in a couple of YouTube reviews I've watched, has done well as well. Yeah, I think they're pretty. They, they seem pretty cool, honestly. They, when I first saw it, I thought it seemed kind of gimmicky, but uh, I don't know. I, upon further investigation, I could see the utility for it for sure. Yeah, and I don't want anything necessarily like moving parts. It's kind of like stuff on your bow. Like I don't necessarily yeah. love moving pieces parts on something but i mean i watched uh i watched a couple gun youtube guys or whatever but the one guy i mean he did a full-blown torture test and 
you know, drug it through his rocks, put it behind his truck, pulled it a good bit. And he's like, yeah, this thing's holding up. This mm-hmm. hinge is, is pretty good. And obviously Smith and Wesson's a little better brand in the space, if you will. Yeah, for sure. No, they, I mean, they're not going to put out something that's complete junk. You know, I don't think they really ever have they, everything like Smith and Wesson's put out. has been pretty solid that I've ever shot. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, because even the, like some people like to poo poo on the MMPs, but I think they all shoot well. The, the triggers aren't the best, but they're not bad. Mm-hmm. Like they're shootable. So, yeah. I don't know. I think. Yeah, I and you could pick them up like on sale for like 350 Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, they're very affordable. They're honestly, I don't know. I kind of, I, I don't know. I don't mind them. I think they're good. And all, and obviously Smith and Wesson revolvers are the shit. Like they're awesome. <laughs> like that's yeah. kind of what they're. I, I guess in my mind, they're most known for is their their MP line, their revolvers, like all their revolvers rule. So, yeah, everything I've ever put out was pretty solid. So that's nice. If it was like some random company or new startup gun company that came out with that, I'd be a little, way more leery on it. But you got a budget uh, revolver company you like? Like I know Taurus makes a handful of those, like oh two inch thirty eights. They also have like I think they've got a three inch version as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. And have, I know Taurus kind of has like a reputation for being shit, but also it's yeah, like improving for sure. No, yeah. Um, I don't have a revolver, a revolver yet, but I, I really want to get one. I want to get one in uh in four sixty or five hundred. Really bad. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I want to get a big boy, one of them big suckers. I want to get one of them real bad so I can go deer hunting with it. I mean, obviously, you, I know you can deer hunt with a 357 or a 44 mag and shit just fine, but I mean, why? When I can use a 460 Smith and Wesson or a 500 Smith and Wesson, you know? Sure. But yeah, no, I've I uh, I, I've thought about deer hunting with a handgun at some point. Uh, I knew some guys that did it back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy had a 44 mag. I think he had a, a Ruger Redhawk. Yep. Um, the Super Redhawks are really good, really good handgun um, hunting handguns. Yeah, I think he had a forty-four mag, and I think he even had a pistol scope up top. Yep, yeah. A lot um, yeah, I think some, here in the they make some uh, handgun uh, scopes that are really nice for like you can they have really long relief, like eye relief on them, so you obviously don't need it right up to your fucking eye. That'd be silly. Yeah, but yeah, they make some they make some pretty decent scopes for those handguns, those handgun hunters. Yeah, and then I think even here in the Buckeye State, in the Big Book, I'd have to double check this, but like. I think even 45 ACP is technically legal, and I think yep. I think if I would, was going to do it, I, a 1911, like I would keep like a 20 yard max, right? We also got to remember the, these deer get. That, I mean, right now I'm half hunting with a stick bow. Um, <laughs> you, you know, if you told me the yeah the the lethality of that, like compared to uh, getting hit with a 45 ACP, I mean, I got to believe that 45 is doing a lot more. Um. You know, yeah. it is a man stopper. These do some. A lot of these does are under man sized targets, if yep. you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I could see myself in a year where I shoot a buck in uh, November, uh, sitting around in December comes around our gun season. I'm like, well, this would be the year to try and shoot one with a handgun and, and trying mm-hmm. it with a with a 45 ACP. I know uh, I've seen the 10 millimeter. Obviously, get uh, that that seems to be a booming cartridge yeah, um, that's been around popular. for a long time. Um, obviously the Western guys seem to be packing that all the time. They pick up either like a cheap Smith, um, and, or one of the Glocks that takes it. It seems mm-hmm. to be Dave, my buddy has the 10 melon from Smith and Wesson. 
Yep. Yeah, I know. I mean, 10 mil is super popular, especially for bear defense and stuff. Loaded up with some, like, buffalo boar ammo and, you know, carry with confidence kind of thing. Uh, the thing, um, so real quick, let me go back to your, you were talking yeah. about Taurus a little bit earlier. Yeah, um, Taurus revolvers. Yeah. yeah. What, you got any take on those? Because I've thought about picking up a small 38 for either my wife or maybe a different carry that, that I could put inside jacket pockets. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I can really say about Taurus is that uh, I have I've had two different Tauruses and they were like the semi-autos is like a Beretta 92 FS uh, clone basically mm-hmm. from Taurus yeah. and that was uh, that's kind of junky. My dad loved it, but it's, I thought it was kind of junky. Uh, and then I had mm-hmm. a, a Taurus three three fifty seven Sig, and that okay. gun shot decent, but it was kind of it was just kind of sloppy. Like Taurus. Definitely made a name for themselves for being budget budget. Like you know, mm-hmm. like you grab it and you can tell it's a budget um handgun. Mm-hmm. But they in recent years they've really been trying to turn that around and be more of like a bang for your buck kind of company where it's like, hey, we want to make quality guns for the best price. Yep. And I think they're getting I think they are getting better. They're really focusing on their revolver line, which I think is super yeah. smart. It's really smart to focus on the revolvers first. And I think, what is it, the Taurus G26 or something like that. Don't quote me on that, but that's like their uh, polymer-framed Glock if equivalent, if you so, will. And that one so looks pretty decent, but I've never, I've never seen it. But that's the, just the newer one that came out, I think, yeah. like last year or so something the, like that. Yeah, so the G, what is it, the G3 is so like their... Yeah, that's their, like, I don't know, let's call it, that's their double stack 9mm, you can get them in full size or, or, or smaller. Um, they also make the GX4, which that is their, like, stack and a half inch profile. I actually have that, and it's got forward slide serrations, it's got steel sights. Um, the, the one mag is, I think, uh, it's out, it's, I don't have it within arm's reach. I think the one mag is, 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 12 capacity okay. and then obviously they, they got the bigger one that sticks out the bottom a, a little more it mm-hmm. might be 10 and 13 now that i think about it like 10 okay. plus one and, and then 13 plus one on the bigger mag or something mm, okay. but it's um i would say it 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 feels way more quality than the g3 series in my opinion and it looks way more but it looks bad badass it just mm-hmm. looks better too um, but it being that inch profile, I've carried that now for a year and like it, um, yeah. it's probably the poor man's 365 or the MP shield. Like it's, okay. just, you know, it's they're 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 75 to a hundred dollars cheaper than the, the, the shield, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not like, like I said, I'm not the, the. I'm the low-level gun guy that I, I deer hunt, but I kind of like some some firearms. Like I don't I don't own a ton, right? I think I have 12, 12 guns in the gun safe, mostly for for you know shooting small game and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, you know, in a lot of con- in a lot of countries, that's a uh, a gun nut, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> no, uh, I wouldn't say. You're, I mean, sure, maybe you're not like a fucking gun aficionado and know everything, but you're definitely knowledgeable in it, so don't sell yourself short in that one. So, like, I have so many guys that come on this podcast and like, I don't know shit about guns. And then you get talking to them, like, dude, you know plenty. Like, you're fine. 
Like it's good, <laughs> yeah. no big deal. So, but uh, so how how is it shoot though? You think compared like because you've shot Glocks and shit, right? Glock is kind of I like, have shot for Palmer frame for Palmer framed handguns. Like Glock is like the standard, right? So compared yeah. to like a Glock, what are you t- what are you thinking? Like I don't I don't see it being significantly less. Like I'm not yeah like that that and I shoot my my sister has the shield, um. And I had a Ruger SR9C for a while too, and I would I would mm. say I like the Taurus better than the SR9. Oh, C for sure, Ruger. I could see that. I wasn't a um, fan of the SR9, honestly. I I wasn't either. Yeah. Uh, well, I had the, the the three and a half inch the the C version, and, mm-hmm. and it, was, it was pretty heavy for the size and weight. And this few, the yeah, I, I'd take my Taurus over it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I I'm lucky, and I went to a this gun range. So when I lived in El Paso, there's this gun range that had a huge selection of rentals. So you could just rent them mm-hmm. out for, you know, an hour and go and sh- I, I'd go out there and I'd shoot all sorts of guns, just like whatever's on the rack. And yeah, uh, that was definitely one that I made a mental note of to not buy. So, okay, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of it personally. I know some guys like it. Like I talked to, I have a couple friends that have. S9s, they're not really gun guys, like quote unquote gun guys either. But they're like, oh, I like it. It's a, yeah, mm-hmm. it, go, it goes bang every time you pull the trigger. At least for me, it did, and for them, it does too. But I'm like, yeah, I didn't. Maybe I'm being a little bit too picky. Where I just didn't, I didn't love the feel of it yeah. really. So I don't know. Now I'll say this: uh, that GX4 didn't like uh, critical do or no, it didn't like critical defense ammo. Now oh, it okay. eats the. Now it eats the SIG, uh, oh, the hotter loads. It, it runs fine on that for for my defensive loads. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I did it, it wasn't that's actually the the only malfunction I've had out of that. I probably put close to a thousand rounds through it. Okay. You know, so so that's a decent test, and and yeah, my, it, it was literally it just for whatever reason I I think it's the feed ramp angle just d- doesn't love. The, the the critical duty which mm-hmm. that is kind of a deal right like i mean i feel like that's the like if you went to a random gun shop in the u.s and needed to buy self-defense ammo that's probably there oh yeah that's super popular yep for sure that's but one, no i oh oh go ahead oh i was gonna say that's one thing that i'm glad you do i've talked to a lot of guys that carry and they've never ran like their defensive loads through their guns like well it's oh, too expensive my. i don't want to shoot it i'm like dude you have to fucking shoot it you have to shoot it. Otherwise, how do you know if it's going to shoot or not? Like, hollow points are completely different than, you know, your FMJ range ammo. You know, it's like it's, mm-hmm. it, some guns are just a little bit finicky with hollow points. And some hollow points, like, they're just not, like, they just make them differently. Like, there's so many different variations that can kind of go wrong. Like, your FMJ ball ammo, it is the same across, pretty much across the board. Besides, unless you're talking grains and, like, weights and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm like, dude, you gotta shoot your fucking, you gotta shoot your hollow points out of there. Cause how you, how you know it's going to cycle every, every single time. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I don't know from the gun guys I watch and they, that's what they've preached. And so I'm like, yeah, every, every now and then I'll just, you know, take, take the mag that I'm carrying with. Let me, let me squeeze a few of these off. Make sure this is still liking it. Right. If I'm going to de- de- depend, you know, on that fire, I'm a little more than, than the others and, the, this is the one to be testing on a regular basis, but no, oh, yeah, like I'll, um, I'll I'll shoot my um my defensive loads. I'll shoot them out, like all of them. Uh, probably every 
year or two and just buy buy okay. it new just because I'm like, I don't know. I don't like it just sitting in there. So I'll just like grab it. I'm like, I'll oh, just make sure this is still running. I'll shoot them all. Be like, okay, well, I'll just go buy some more. But like every, like, you know, buy a new box of hollow points every year. It's not that big of a deal just to make sure that your shit can still cycle properly and everything's working fine. Cause it's like, I'm not getting in a whole lot of gunfights in, you know, the mean streets <laughs> of Osage, Iowa. So it's like, I got to make sure it's still working. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. And, and I, I, I had one of my, um, 22s, you know, it kind of sounds ridiculous, but they do make like 22 hollow points, right. That are oh, yeah. in bulk form. This was, this was back in my college days. I think I bought a box that was maybe Remington or whatever. And yeah, the gun just really didn't like them all that much. And, I, uh, uh, so yeah, I generally, um, buy the blazer bulk ammo mm-hmm. for that now. Yeah. Uh, that was something I, I wanted to ask you. So, so, Budget revolver. I have debated between a, a 22 mag like the WMR because you a lot of those smaller frames you can get um, six eight rounds in pretty easily. And if or the 38, and obviously now I've I've got a oh a non rim fired uh, ammo. But I don't know if zombie apocalypse happens. And it's a lot easier to uh, uh, pick up a couple hundred rounds of 22 WMR than it is 38. Yeah, you have a a thought there on on maybe a couple more rounds in the cylinder versus uh, center fire ammunition versus rim fire. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I mean, zombies probably aren't gonna rise up anytime <laughs> soon. But if you're like talking like you know bug out bag like, a, mm-hmm. apocalyptic type situation where you're you know um, I'd want something with a little bit more, and I think thirty eights are they're pretty plentiful though too. They're not as plentiful mm-hmm. as twenty two, obviously, but like if you want something that's gonna be good for you know zombie apocalypse or human apocalypse, you know it's like sure. uh, I probably I mean me personally I'm I'm liking that thirty eight a lot a whole lot more sure. myself. I guess the, the the only way I would think about that a little more too is if uh, if I owned like a twenty two mag rifle of some sort, like if you had a varmint rifle. Oh sure, like survivalist type type situation. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. I so I I have a 17 HMR. I bought that back in the day, and I remember I was I was really debating between the 22 mag and it. And at the time, Horny had just came out with that 17 HMR round, and so it had I don't know more science going into that at that time, and so it was a much flatter shooting, great raccoon size animal round, and so I bought it. And nowadays, I do I kind of I kind of wish I had the 22 WMR. Mm-hmm. No, um, I mean, you got a you got a varmintin cartridge or a rifle setup you like a little more? Yeah, I mean, I just I'm just a 22 long rifle guy. It's cheap okay. and super accessible. And I mean, when I'm shooting varmints and stuff, I've I mean, I've never had an issue just shooting with a 22 long rifle. But when we're talking about like varmints around the acreage, you know, but when we're talking like mm-hmm. varmint hunting, is that what you're kind of talking about? Like pr- like prairie dogs, kind of <laughs> like like that type of situation, or squirrel hunting and Everything, like rabbits um, and... uh, dude, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, playing sniper with the 17 HMR is pretty fun. It's like pretty in the big woods, fun, dude. Dude, you get an oak flat, especially like here. Like, well, you can shoot squirrels all the way to the end of January, and yeah, uh, most of the times I'm done deer hunting. And you get one of those 40 degree days with a little bit of low wind where they've oh, been yeah. pinned up for a couple of days, dude. It is a blast to play sniper with, and that 17, like if I can see it. That gun's way more accurate than I will ever be, and so like you can shoot them. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, I'm I'm I, I'm not gonna lie. I never really like I liked 17 HMR. I thought it was a 
decent round and, you know, whatever. I was never a big, like, small game guy. And mm-hmm. then I went out west to South Dakota with uh, Matt Hoynes and uh, Scotty Sullivan. We went shooting prairie dogs, and yeah. he brought his 17 HMR and his uh, 17 Wisdom, right? I think it was oh. the, the 17 Magnum, and that thing was fucking sick. But uh, nice. he was having he's having a little bit of issues with his Magnum one, but I shot the shit out of that 17 HMR and killed a lot of prairie dogs with it. And I loved that. I, I, that became that quickly after that experience, that quickly became my favorite, like varminting cartridge is just, it was so flat and yeah, you could shoot, mm-hmm. I was shooting out to like, you know, three, 400 yards easily, like without much drop. Like it was awesome. I'm like, dang, this is pretty nice. Oh yeah, dude. And like, um, so I bought that thing back in the day, like the Savage with the Accu trigger and like, the the heavier barrel <clears throat> and scope package for like two to under two hundred and fifty bucks mm-hmm. and like at the time right I'm nineteen years old or something I'm just getting into hunting and that was so much fun for me to like get in the woods like <clears throat> it, it allowed me to shoot groundhogs in the summer occasionally mm-hmm. um, squirrels um, at the time they were talking, it, it, they were flirting with coyotes and it's not enough for yotes. Uh, but you know what it's ideal for now? Uh, I got a shed that sits against the edge of the property and like I'm on the a river bank. So like, like I cannot have a groundhog tunnel under that shed and then that, that tunnel collapse because my shed will end up probably in the river. Oh yeah. So dude, like I see a groundhog, like it is now officially game on. Like mm-hmm. that thing will be hopefully dead within the next, two to three business days. Generally, if the, if the kids aren't home, like in the house is a little quiet, they tend to poke their heads out a little more. Um, but I've, I've smashed some groundhogs since living here at this house with that thing. And it's, it's ideal 40 yards groundhog size target. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's easy. Uh, I, so my sister, she had a, at her acreage, she had a pretty bad groundhog issue going on like they were digging underneath the garage and some of her cement mm-hmm. was starting to buckle a little bit from the tunnels and everything else i'm like damn you need, I mean, Justine, you gotta kill these fucking groundhogs she's like i can't i'm like oh come on <laughs> so i went out there for like a day and i just sat out there and just sat over their holes and kind of bounced between their holes and wait for them to pop out and they popped out and i fucking just waylaid them i think i killed like in one weekend of hanging out there i think i killed like probably five or six groundhogs. And I think that was all of them. Yeah. It was nice. We also trapped now a they, few, but yeah, I mean, you got to get rid of these things. They're a little sometimes like edgier than you think. Oh yeah. Like if, like I think it's cause they like get hunted from like hawks and stuff. Like if you, if you like make a weird move and they see something that has moved quickly at like 40, 50 yards, they don't sit there and watch for it. They just run for their holes. Dude, they're, Yeah, they're very skittish. They don't, when they get out of their hole too, and they actually exit the hole a little ways, like the majority Mm -hmm. of the time, when I was shooting them, a lot of times they're popping their head out, just like looking around. Oh, yeah. I'd fucking just smack them right in the head. And then that was that. But uh, when they are leaving their holes, they're not messing around out in the open very much. Like they're going, beelining out to the grove or trying to beeline mm-hmm. into some cover. Like they do not like being out in the open very much. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I shot, I shot one this summer with a stick bow. Um, that was awesome. Oh, nice. I missed it. I missed it. I missed it with the compound where it like ran back towards the hole. 
and this I've, I've been shooting my stick bow all summer and i was like i was like yeah that probably wasn't the best idea and then like 10 minutes later i look out the back and he's kind of bebopping by my fire pit and i'm like all right let's try this and like like full Comanche, like sneaking down the left side of my property where like the, the, I got, I don't know, some CRP type edge where, and uh, sure enough, I smacked him at like 12 yards with a stick and like a full blown, like deer broadhead, uh, like a triple blade. Dude, I Tiger Woods fist pumped so hard. Like it was like the kid with the BB gun came out and made, oh, like, yeah. it was, it was hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> How far away <laughs> were you? Like 12 yards, which I mean, uh-huh. dude, like, I don't know my my effective stick by range ain't much past that anyways. But yeah, oh, like you're talking sure. a, uh, a small smaller target if you no, will. he wasn't a giant. Yeah, they're they're tiny. I, I did kill <laughs> one. I did kill one that was huge. It was huge as fuck. I shot with my uh, 16 gauge shotgun. And oh, my, so my uh, English Mastiff that I had he sadly passed away a little a while ago. But um, he had this one groundhog treed. Like for, first of all, mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah, they, they can climb. I didn't know they climbed. I was like, my dog was out there barking. He's like, woo, 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 you know, just barking away. And I'm like, Ragnar, what are you doing? He's out there. I walk up there. I'm like, what do you got? What do you got, boy? He's like, I look up in this tree. I'm like, oh, shit. And it was a big fucking ground. It was a big one. I'm like, okay. So I ran inside, grabbed my shotgun, ran back out there, and I fucking shot him out of the tree. He fell down. My dog, when it it hit the ground, it was just like a thunk. And it just smacked. And I'm like, oh shit, that's a big, that's a big ass groundhog. And my dog grabbed it and started whipping it side to side, you know, like dogs do, trying to kill it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's just smacking the sides of his head. I'm like, damn, dude. Like, that is a, that is, it is probably, I, mean, I don't know, guesstimating it. He was, I mean, probably pushing fucking eight, nine pounds. Like, it was big. Yeah. I feel yeah, like they, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, they, they do get big and, and they're like low to the ground, like, I don't know. They're yeah, even a they're built differently than even a raccoon. But yeah, you you mm-hmm. catch a big one, man. They're like little bears. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's big. I thought about. I really contemplated um, eating it. I was like, man, I wonder what these taste like. And I looked it up, and some people say oh. they taste good. You know, so I was like, oh okay. Well, I started looking it up, and like how you have to process them. Like there's like an insane amount of scent glands under their skin, uh, so you have to be super careful when you're. Um, skinning them and trying to get the, like their hind, really all you're going to eat on them is their hinds, their hindquarters on them. Uh, okay. and I was really thinking about it. And then I was watching this video, this YouTube video on how to clean a groundhog. I'm like, that's way too much work. So I just, yeah. I just, I just let the dogs uh, eat them. Yeah. Yeah. Was, you know, it was one of those things. I was like, man, this is a big one. I should think about maybe trying it. And I just, well, I don't know. It is, it is a lot of work. I'm like man, that's fucking yeah. that's and then you taint it and then you try eating it anyways and it's just nasty and I heard like horror stories on like they're like, everyone is like do not puncture these scent glands it will taint it will taint it pretty bad and you will be very upset so I'm like, yeah well, I mean that's why it, like though. I mean that's a little bit like I feel like if squirrels tasted better like I'd probably squirrel hunt a little more oh yeah you know like when you first start squirrel hunting I was just trying to learn shoot things like i was just trying to go to the woods and shoot things and it was fun it was easy and you know it was something like that but then i'm like these really don't taste that good like even compared to a rabbit but 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 squirrels do live their lives doing chin-ups but (laughs) yeah like at least if you shoot a rabbit right you're like dude this isn't terrible eats like i feel like it's way better than than squirrel i do too i'm with you i think rabbit's way way better than squirrel 
Um, I, I've had squirrel a couple different ways, and really the only way I actually enjoy it is if it's made into a stew. Like honestly, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like stewing like squirrel stew or rabbit stew is probably the best you can do a small game, in my personal opinion. Yeah. I've, had, I've had rabbit, you know, pan fried and is decent. Um, it wasn't bad. It's just, uh, I, I don't know if in order to get a meal out of small game like that, you got to shoot a shit ton of them. And after you shoot a shit ton mm-hmm. of them, it's like, I'd rather just rip the skin off and throw and chuck them in a crock pot, you know, <laughs> rather yeah. than cutting them all up. And, you know, whether you're going to bread like the squirrel hindquarters and stuff and have little squirrel legs and shit, I'm like, yeah, that's a like lot of work legs, for what yeah. you're getting out of it. It's like, I'm just going to toss the whole body in the, in the crock pot and make a stew out of it. That'd be the best yeah. thing you could do with them. My personal yeah, opinion. Da- my buddy Dave, he's our team chef. Um, and that's what he says. He, he, every year he's like, dude, January, we're going to be tagged out from deer season. We're going to go squirrel hunting and shoot us a couple. We never do it because lately we've been having trouble shooting some bucks. But uh, yeah, it, it, it is on the plan. Well, it's like after uh, – you know, deer season and stuff, you're done and you're like, okay, cool. You got families and stuff. Like you got kids and I got kids. It's just kind of like, or I got a kid, but you know, after deer season, you're kind of like, all right, I'm done. Like, cool. Mm -hmm. Way way off my shoulders. It takes a lot for me to want to really want to get out and shoot squirrels. It's gotta be like uh, pretty, like a whole group of guys going out there or something like that. It's got to be a, a special moment right? for, and everyone's got to be on board before I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. You know? Yeah. And our deer yeah, season used- goes pretty long. I and mean, then we can shoot a lot of does. So I'll just, even if I tag out with my, my with uh, my buck, then I'll just, I'll go out and shoot does. Then I'd rather do that than squirrel hunt. Yeah. I'm with you on like time away uh, now with kids or whatever. And, um, Oh, you can only be gone so much. Like you yep. can, you know, you can only go to the range so many times and deer hunt so many times. It's like you got to pick and choose your battles there. But like mm-hmm. back in the day, we we used to squirrel hunt a little more. And, and going in September too is kind of fun, where it's like it's fall esque vibes. Like it's not full blown fall mm-hmm. colors and cool temps, but they, you get some you get some mornings where it's like forty fifty degrees. Mm-hmm. Eh, maybe not forty, but like fifty degrees or whatever. Um, and I used to like I don't know walk the woods a little bit, and that's I mean. That's honestly what, what like, got me, like, I don't know, a little better at deer hunting. A lot of times, I, like, in college, like, I'd be squirrel hunting and start figuring out where some deer are, right? Just from bumping them or seeing them eating oaks or finding, you know, you're looking you're looking in the trees all the time. You end up just finding the, the, the first acorn, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, dude, I probably have small game hunted, like, three times in the last ten, five, five years. Oh, yeah. I mean... Okay, so back in the day, it was just like game on. Like I'll hunt anything mm-hmm. that's in season all the time because it's fun and I love doing it. Uh, but it's just that's before you had responsibilities and shit, you know. So it's like a lot easier just to jump out and hunt every weekend and after school every day, you know, is is awesome. But I am with you where if I'm going to do any small game hunting or like waterfowl hunting, I'm doing it before deer season. Like I'm doing. Like a teal opener in Iowa, which is like September something. I'll go out there and I'll shoot some teal and do that, you know, and maybe early goose opener. And maybe I'll get out and do a couple days here and there in October and do some goose hunting and stuff. But, man, when I was younger, before I started bow hunting, I just uh, went out gun season in Iowa, which is December. So I would we would mm-hmm. goose hunt 
all the way up until deer season. Then we'd hunt deer for two weekends and go back and start goose hunting again. So I did a lot of waterfowl and hunting when I was a kid. Then I got into bow hunting and I'm like, well, fuck geese. I'm just going to start. I'm going to go out there and deer hunt, dude, with a bow and arrow. So <laughs> yeah, I like the way they taste yeah. better too. Like I'm not oh. a huge fan of waterfall is good. Like, I, I think it's fine. It makes good jerky for sure. But uh, it's just, I'm not like, uh, if I get some geese, I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's fun. But deer, like, my gosh, like it's just, it's way better. Like it's not even in the same ballpark as birds. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm hundred percent with you there. Now, let me ask this. What, uh, what was the budget or the, the, the firearm of choice in, in that time period where you were in the woods a little more and, and you know, obviously mm-hmm. money's a little tighter in your, your like mid twenties. Cause I bought, I, I think I bought a Remington H70. That was a good buy. Mossberg 500. And, okay. Yep. Well, and Remington's gone down tremendously in quality. Oh yeah. Well, they got hit with a bunch of lawsuits and shit and mm-hmm. went bank, went, went bank, like filed bankruptcy and had a, um, liquidated a lot of their assets and stuff in order to save the company is rough. Like they went through a really rough just, time. Did they just close doors? Um, the, or one of the facilities closed doors that was legendary recently. I, they I sold Marlin. So Remington owned Marlin when mm-hmm. Marlin sold. So Remington bought them and they sold Marlin to Ruger. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, and Remington's still running. I like guess still okay. functioning. I think, just, what, uh, I think one of their plants or something got closed down. Yes. Cause I remember outdoor life had like a sign that, that, they were closing shop and it looked like it'd been there forever or something. Yeah. Some so factory or something. Remington changed ownership too during all that stuff, mm-hmm. I think. And, uh, they're trying to crawl back now, which is good. Uh, you, those, uh, I guess legacy companies like Remington and Winchester yeah. and stuff, you really hate to see them die. You know, it's like they've been around. Yeah. Since you like you wouldn't want Ford and Chevy to disappear. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like G yeah. It's like GM. If Remington's dying, then oh, wow, my voice squeaked. I'm hitting puberty. Um, if Remington's dying, you know the fucking federal government bailed out GM. Like they should bail out Remington. You know, it's like come on. Yeah. If that's what if the, we're setting that precedence with like GM and stuff, like hey, they're too big to fail. We can't lose them. It's like well, you, you don't want to lose Remington too. Like they've been around since the like way before. I think Ford. Maybe yeah. Probably, I don't know when probably? the Model T came out. Probably. I'm going to say yes. Dude, you laugh. I have a gun in the gun safe. My my dad gave it to me this year. It's a double barrel from... I'd have to go look at the certificate. I want to say it's the late 1800s from Remington. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Functional? So, uh, no, I, I haven't touched it. I probably won't fire it. Um, Damn, that'd be pretty sweet. It, it was... It was <laughs> Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. I've I've thought about it. it. So it's a double barrel, and I I have the letter from Remington that my it would have been my grandpa's brother sent in. Said, "Hey, we have this old firearm. Do you know anything about it? Here's the serial. Here's what it is." And they wrote him back, and it's like it's it's not handwritten, but it's a typewriter, you know, okay. letter. Yeah, with 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 certificate, and it's like it's it's dated. I think late eighteen hundreds is is when it was approximately built. Dude, um, it's got, cool as shit. You guys take some pictures of that and send them to me. Yeah, I'm, I I actually sweet. mean to. Yeah, I actually mean to shoot some sort of short video because yeah. when my dad gave it to me, I was I like speechless. Oh That's yeah, badass. yeah. 
so so I have I my my I didn't know this about my grandpa, but he he hunted before he found golf. I only knew him, uh, <laughs> you know. But I have his old like nineteen seventies like brush pants and top combo with like you know that old duck camo. Military oh yeah, yeah. do that so old I duck cam- camo. That shit's badass. Yeah. That's like my favorite camo type. Yeah, so I have this hunting suit from the seventies. I've worn it a few times when I was smaller in my life. But I'm gonna frame it, and I want to put that gun over it in my base. Oh, there you go. That's badass. But but yeah, that suit no longer. I can't fit into it. But like, it's it's badass. It's got like the shell pockets. It's got the padded right shoulder. It's got the game tough. Like this thing had to be like I don't know if it was today. It was like the sick of the time with how well it's built. Like I'm just like oh, yeah. wow, this is quality. Yeah, I mean that that shotgun is probably it's a black power shotgun. I'm sure. Uh, if it's, a, you know, if it's from the 1800s, it's got to be. Uh, smokeless powder didn't come out until uh, early 1900s. Okay, maybe it is. I, you know what? Like I, the letters upstairs in the safe. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I, I need to get that letter. Like I don't know, in a plaque of some sort, just because oh, it's fuck cool. Yeah, Preserve. You do need to do that. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I put it in the safe because I didn't want the kids or nothing to like. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm fucking booking it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like he gave me that within the last six months and I, I've ordered a, Oh, I'm, I'm just, that's a project I got to do here on a rainy day after deer season is put yeah. that suit up and get that gun mounted in the basement somewhere. Yeah. I'm meaning to, uh, cause I'm sure it's got, it's got the exposed hammers and everything. Yes. Yeah. Dude, that's so badass. I need to go to a gun show sometime and find something like that. Just not one that's, you, you can't shoot one that's like so rusted yeah. up and fucked up where you can't shoot it at. I don't, I don't need one that can shoot. I just want one mm-hmm. like that just to put on the on the mantle, you know, just to have on there, hanging up on the wall somewhere and be like, yeah, they're just badass. They just look cool over yeah. over, over a fireplace. They just look super yeah. sweet. Like just, that's where it's meant yeah, to be. Yeah, there's the, the, the old artwork effect of like just an old shotgun it, it is just something special. Like uh, like I have an old Browning Sweet 16 in the, in the safe. Oh, and, uh, fuck yeah. Those are badass, dude. Yeah, they, they've got, like, the engraving that's a little more artistic. I think it's got, like, a pheasant on one side flying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't shoot it all that much because I'm like, dude, this is a piece of artwork versus, like, I've got an 870 in there, and then I've got, like, a oh like a New England Firearms, like, Pump Master 20 gauge that's got a little better, like, walnuts. Like, dude, I'll throw that thing in the brush to get some rabbits to kick out. Mm-hmm. But that 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 sweet sixteen, that's like the the Cadillac, if you will. Oh, like so I don't. Badass, dude. And the sixteen's a great little like I don't know shell. Like I've heard somebody say it was the best cartridge that never kind of got momentum in oh, the shotgun world. It is. I I I'm a huge believer in the sixteen gauge. Uh, my grandpa he handed down to me the his Remington eight seventy in sixteen gauge, and that's no way. That's my, dude. That's my favorite shotgun. Like I love it. Like I shot. All those groundhogs, I shot up. I did shoot a couple of feral cats with it. Like some, I had a tomcat oh, problem yeah. out out here for a little bit there, and I had to shoot a couple of cats. I didn't feel good. Well, you, I didn't you, feel good about you, it, but I had to. Uh, no, know, so one, cat, cat, dude, cats are the worst thing for like whitetail, like like small game species. Like, dude, cats kill for the fun. Worst. Also, if you have a pickup truck, you park outside that cat. I, I bet a hundred dollars will jump on your hood. Every time that engine's warm in the winter, and it will scratch the shit out of your hood. So, like, oh, yeah. dude, that's, they're, they're fair game in my book. Yep. No, they're, uh, I mean, farm cats, feral cats, they're a problem. They're a real problem, <laughs> especially out here where 
I live, like everyone wants a farm cat, you know, like, farm cats are cool. They keep mice, mm-hmm. they, they eat mice and shit. Mice, and whatever snakes, else. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. I get that. Like I, they're great. As long as they stay on your farm, but they're not going to because they're fucking cats mm-hmm. and they're going to run around and they're going to murder things. They are murderous little heathens, and but then they'll cuddle up to you and be super sweet, but then they'll go kill everything. Like they're insane. Oh. They can climb trees so well. They kill birds. Like it's nobody's business. And the pheasant population, like, holy fuck. Like they fuck pheasants up, dude. Like bad. Yeah. 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 Pheasants and quail. Had- they fuck them up bad. I had permission. Actually, my buddy, uh, his mom still lives there, but uh, it was a really good rabbit hunting property. Like, just thick, nasty, couple of little fences. Like, for two guys, you can go there and kick brush and shoot two, three rabbits uh, in February. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, the cats, she just started getting more and more barn cats in the rabbit population that, you know, most of those rabbits are about uh, 150 yards off the backside of that barn. Like, yep. It just, now we go there and we might kick one out. And then you got to start kicking up cats and shoot them. Uh, well, those may or may not be on the drive list. But yeah. yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Dude, cats are, they're a real issue. And it sucks because yeah. I, I mean, I like cats. Like, if someone has a nice cat, like cats, a good cat rules. A bad cat fucking sucks so bad. <laughs> so it's like, like dogs, like dogs rule pretty much all the time. Even like a bad dog, you're like, oh, well, it, we can change them. And, you know, it's like, they're, I don't know, dogs just, they're your, they're your buddies, you know? Cats are mm. cool in their own right because they're so, uh, I guess, just alone. Like, they're just, they're fine with you. They're fine without yeah. you. They don't give a fuck. Uh, but they, what, like a bad cat, they suck so bad. Like, they're yeah. the worst. I can't stand them. Like, I had this, like, those, that Tomcat I had, he was huge. He's a big ass Tomcat. And, uh, and he just blew ass. He's the worst. So I just shot him. I'm like, I can't deal with you, dude. He's yeah, fu- dude, we got fucking my chicken. We got up. a small get chicken. Out of here. Yes, we got the small chicken coop, and so it's mm-hmm. like, dude, like any rogue cat, you're like, dude, I've got X number of hundred dollars into these chickens between the coops, the feed, the time. You're like, dude, I can't, I can't risk yeah. it. <laughs> nope, no, I have an orange cat, an orange cat running around my house right now. I gotta figure out a way Ooh. to get his ass. Yeah, he's weird. I don't know. He's really he's so skittish. He's the most skittish cat I've ever seen. I'll, I'll catch him outside, and he'll be underneath my truck if I when I park if I park it outside. He'll just be hiding underneath yeah. there. I'm like, damn it, I can't shoot you under there. But then he'll just like <laughs> run to the barn. I'm like, fuck. So then I'll get in the barn, and I just can't find him. He, I don't know where he goes. He just disappears. I, I catch glimpses of him here and there, but I never actually see him. Just like chilling where I can shoot him. It sucks. <laughs> that other tomcat that I did shoot, he was. He thought he was better than me. Like he came out there and he was <laughs> running around, fucking doing his thing. I'm like you son of a bitch. But I'd walk outside and he'd just like sit there and stare at me. Then I'd get like a little bit closer, like within shotgun range, and he'd just like bolt. And I'm like you fucker. And then one day I just caught him in a tree. And I'm like you are done now, dude. <laughs> you're so done now. Like you fucked up. You got too confident. Thought you're better than yeah, me out here, dude. Funny. It's my house, dude. Get out of here. But. I still felt bad about it, though. I shot him. I'm like, yeah. damn it. That didn't feel good, but I had to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you do? So, do you have a bunch of cats out in your place? You said you live, like, kind of on the outskirts of... Um, yeah, so I'm on the outskirts of Columbus. Columbus. Um, yeah, so, so, like, I don't know. We are right where... Like, if we live 15 minutes south, like, we definitely would be more in the country. But, like, it's, it's you know, there's, there's a lot of, like, one to... 
five acre lots on our road. There also is a, a trailer park that's down the way that I, I know some of those cats are coming from there. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, it's it, like, dude, if, uh, if you drive through there, you'll see like three or four and you're just like, okay, these are bleeding across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the chicken coops new, we got those, I don't know, last spring and this summer, like occasionally, like I'd just catch random cats trying to break in there. And it's like, dude, like, you know, you, you notice you, you, they, they're sneaking around for a few days and then they're sneaking around the door and you're like, I, I can't. This. No, that's when you got to get the suppressed 17 HMR out there. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, yeah. It's not fun. I, I don't enjoy killing cats, but sometimes you just got to do it. You know, it's like when they become, when they become a problem like that, it's like, it's not yeah. like a cute, cuddly little kitty cat anymore. It's a, it's a fucking issue. So that's why. Right, right, right. And, and at egg prices, uh, I don't know, back, I don't know, everyone six months ago or a year ago that was oh shit that dude. was when we yeah it's yeah. bad it was real bad there yeah. what were bags like they were like seven bucks a carton here i think i remember peeking at and i'm like that's yeah ridiculous i eat dude i eat fucking like 10 to 15 eggs in the morning depending on my oh. mother so i'm like dude i can't fucking afford that anymore but i want wow. to I yeah. eat eggs so i got some chickens for my buddy because he had a bunch of chickens okay. and stuff so Okay. Yeah. Do, do your kids like them? No. Uh, I mean, she does. She oh, like the oh the chickens. Yeah. Oh yeah. She likes. She loves the chickens. She thinks they. She like they. Yeah, they rule. Uh, but she doesn't love eating eggs that much. Like she'll eat. Uh, okay. She'll eat our chickens' eggs, but she won't eat like commercial eggs. She's like they're gross. Yeah. She's, but she'll eat. She's not fired up for omelets. Okay. No, but she'll eat like a a fried egg here and there. She likes some like uh over easy so. That's mm-hmm. cool, but she won't eat. She doesn't ever like request eggs. You know, it's like one of those things. Like, yeah, what do you yeah. want for breakfast? You know, and she's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, want some eggs? She's like, I guess. Like, okay. Yeah, like pancakes eggs. is winning that debate all day. Like, oh. if you said pancakes or eggs, kids are choosing pancakes ten out of ten. Oh, 100 percent, dude. Pancakes, waffles. <laughs> she'll eat like, dude. <laughs> it, it sucks because like I'll make her like two eggs or two or three mm-hmm. eggs or something like that. You know, and she'll eat. You know, an egg or egg and a half. I'm like, oh, I'm full. I'm like, what? And then she, but then she'll turn around and devour fucking four pancakes. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. So you just didn't want to eat any more eggs. I see what's going on here. Like, no, yeah, no, seriously, I was full. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. That's uh, that's kind of how our bunch is, or whatever. But you know, the wife and I were both suburb kids, and here we, I got redneck hobbies, so we decided to move on the outskirts of town. And then I'm like. God, we're getting a, a chicken coop and chickens. You know, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's like my kids know where breakfast comes from. So my boy's asking questions about shooting bucks and turning them cheeseburger. I'm like, dude, you're a little more dialed than I was at your age. Yeah, for sure. My dude, my dad, I deer hunt with my dad and stuff, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, we ate. You know, we ate our deer, obviously, but it was never like uh, we never we didn't sustain our on deer, you know, like I am right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, uh, I, I think I have five deer in the freezer now, right now. So okay, I'm like, nice. okay, that, that should last about a, hopefully about a year. And, uh, but I'm like trying to sustain us on, on deer, you know, but like when I was a kid, deer was like a, a delicacy, like it was a treat. We'd have it for, mm. we'd have enough deer meat for like a few months. Then you almost like fed that 
hunger to want to go out and hunt more, you know? So now I'm almost yeah. wondering if I'm spoiling my daughter by having just deer meat all the time and having to be like her norm. But I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing too. Yeah. Know. Plus, I mean, gr- grocery prices, right? Like, I don't know. Like oh, that's, yeah. that's where we're feeling the most of this inflation, but it's like this, I didn't shoot any deer last year because like we had EHD breakouts. So like our, our group of guys, we kind of like self-imposed rule, like probably not a good year to shoot does when farmers are finding 20 to 40 dead in ditches oh, near fuck. the ground we hunt. Right. Like, yep. you know, it's just, probably good self-control if i if i like to see deer when i deer hunt i probably shouldn't shoot those so last year no does and I, I i just didn't have a good buck encounter um but this year i've been a little bit you know more fortunate my brother i i introduced my brother-in-law and he shot one so i said hey if you're gonna hunt this this farm or this piece i said i'd like to split the deer meat so i got half of his deer and then i shot a deer on an out-of-state trip a doe and then i just shot a doe a couple weeks ago so yeah i'm my freezer's good but i wouldn't be mad here like a a late season buck. I'm, I've been taking the stick bow lately, and I don't know. I, I got like three hunts left for the year. I think. Damn, that's what I'm talking about. I got. I had my last sit last weekend, and I'm done okay. here until I might go out during the late. So in Iowa, we have the it's a, like a late late antlerless season. So mm-hmm. I might go out during that, and that's that's with rifles. Like you can use center fires, like whatever caliber. So that's pretty cool pretty cool but okay it's it's because it's only for certain counties um because each county they the dnr and biologists they go out there and they do their surveys and whatnot and uh basically whatever counties still have excess doe tags available then that's what you can hunt that season for so i might go out there and maybe i'll shoot another doe or two i don't know we'll see but Have you have you looked at some of the the because I think you guys are straight wall cartridge legal beagle now too? Yeah, um, not actually. They just uh, alleviated some of that where it's not just straight walls anymore. It's just it's thirty five to fifty, so thirty five caliber, so three fifty to five hundred okay. caliber. So a thirty five Whalen is legal in Iowa. Uh, Four sixteen Rigby is legal in Iowa. A fucking five hundred. Nitro Express. And those are, bo- legal in are those bottlenecks? Are those bottlenecks or are those yeah. still straight walls? Nope, those are all okay. bottlecks. Yeah. So the is it thirty thirty in? No, because that's uh thirty caliber. So thirty five okay. caliber. So like a thirty five Whalen ah. is a, is a thirty five Whalen takes a three fifty seven bullet, and yeah. all the all the three fifty Whalen is a thirty out six necked up to thirty five caliber. Okay. So that's legal in Iowa, but it needs to be thirty five caliber to. 50 caliber like 50 caliber might okay. sound it's obviously excessive but that's the sure. standard but it's not it, people aren't the dnr aren't expecting people to go out there with a fucking bear of 50 cal and yeah. rip deer in half you know that's not what they're expecting they're expecting you know like a 35 whalen or like a 500 smith and wesson with a handgun or you know yeah. a, 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 a 44 mag, mag or a 450 bushmaster or like a okay. 357 magnum you know that kind of stuff, like a forty, like a, a forty-four mag fucking um, lever action. Those are in. Like they're good, good to go, or handgun, or whatever. You know, three fifty-seven yeah. sig is fine. You know, all that stuff. So there's Have there's you, a lot of confusion before. So oh, I'm sure. There's like fuck it, thirty-five to fifty. Have you looked at any of the um, oh straight walls for either you or you? You know, mm-hmm. and those to the collection because I've oh, looked. Yeah. One, I'm semi like, like I got 
kind of spoiled you when I was or ruined when I was younger shooting a 30 out six and bruising up my shoulder. So I'm like kind of recoil, like I don't want to deal with that at all. Oh yeah. And I, I I've thought about a 350 legend for my son because even like. Some of the companies make, you know, synthetic stocks that are adjustable. I know you can get an AR as well, but I would probably mm-hmm. go get a bolt gun with a couple different stock uh, configurations on the back end. And it could be daddy's gun until he's ready to go if he wants it. You just get him an, get uh, him an AR. Those, th- <laughs> those th- 350 Legends and um, AR platforms are pretty sick. He's, they're a little bit mm-hmm. finicky with with, with uh, um, rounds through auto-loading. So some of the bigger ones like the Winchester deer season um rounds the heavier grain uh 350 legend ammo for mm-hmm. they they're a little bit finicky in the ars just because like the the, the bullet in it's longer and it kind of sucks yeah. like it um jams up a little bit they're a little bit finicky you need the like the lighter grains for the ars so they're shorter bullets so they feed okay. a little bit easier but uh i mean yeah i'm a big advocate for AR platforms when they're with hunting. So I'm always going to tell people like, yeah, get an AR fucking platform, 350 legend or 450 Bushmaster. Because in my personal opinion, uh, it's been known that one of the major, major things that the Supreme court looks at is when they're talking about banning certain rifles or certain types of guns, they look at Mm -hmm. like, is this a commercial normal use gun or is it, specifically only for shooting people right and sure. the the left or the anti-gunners they like to look at ar-15s as being like they're, they're only it's a weapon of war you're not not going to use an ar-15 for anything else other than killing people so that's why we need to ban them because they're just good for killing people and the more that people hunt with ar platforms the mm. least likely it gets to be be banned you know so sure the Supreme court will look at it and then uh, the, the deer hunters, they'll get the hunting community behind um, the gun legislation and be like, dude, we use these for deer hunting all the time. Like this is bullshit. Like yeah. you can't take away my fucking AR because I actually use it for deer hunting. And then, you know, the Supreme court looks at it and they're like, Oh, okay, well it's in common use. So we can't ban it kind yeah. of thing, you know? Okay. So it makes it a lot harder to ban that weapon system when it's used in common practice for especially hunting. Hunting is like a huge, yeah. Uh, it's a huge, it's a big one where even like the anti-gunners are like, well, we don't want to take away your hunting guns. We just want to take away the bad ones. So okay. that's why I said mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I saw they just came out with like a 400 legend recently. I think when Winchester, yeah. like now that's like, in my opinion, like it's not proven yet. So like, I don't know if I would go buy a rifle in that caliber. Like, I just feel like, you know, that, that seems to happen occasionally where like this cartridge comes on scene, but it doesn't take. And so you yeah. buy a firearm and then now you're screwed looking for ammo. Yeah. Um, well, whenever they come out with new calibers, new rounds and shit like that, it's like, you got to look at like, why, like, why did they come out with this? Like, what's the need? What was the, mm-hmm. what was the need that they're trying to fill here? And me personally, I don't know. I don't <laughs> I saw that 400 legend come out. I'm like, why did you do that? Like the 350 legend is perfectly fine. The, unless they're trying to replace the 350 legend. Cause a lot of people think it's not enough ass. There's not enough ass behind it. Maybe they're trying to make a, like a, just a lighter recoiling 450 style, <laughs> you know, like, okay, well let's give them yeah. a, something a little bit bigger than a four, like a 350, but not quite a 450. Cause a lot of people shoot the 450. And they're like, that's just too much. And they shoot the 350 yeah. and they're like, Oh, not quite enough. You know? So it's like, well, okay. Yeah. So I guess the 400, there it is. 
But. So yeah, we, we'll see if that one sticks around and plays. I feel like too, like um, I feel like the forty cal has had that happen to it in the handgun world. Where like yeah. when I was in college, the forty cal was was the it cartridge. Like oh, you've got this almost forty five ACP and and it, it's got more ass than the nine millimeter. And like I kind of went MIA from like the gun world, and and really in the last couple of years, honestly, it's the kids because I'm doing less deer hunting, scouting, and uh, hunting in general. It's like, but I can go out back and shoot a couple rounds. Um, and see, I find myself a little more in the firearm space. I'm like, dude, how come 40 cal is just not what it was uh, in mm-hmm. in the 2010 time period? So when it got when 40 cal got popular, is because the FBI. Um, adopted as their service cartridge, and then a bunch of other mm. law enforcement um, agencies across the country were like, "Okay, well, if the FBI is using that, then we'll use it too." And they're trying to get a, they're just trying to get away from the forty five ACP because they the FBI statistics and stuff. They were doing a lot of research and everything else, and doing their stats, whatever bean counters do and stuff. And they're looking at it and they're like, "Okay, what really wins gunfights? Is it?" the man stopping power of a 45 where you hit them once and they're going to die. Um, they found in their research, they found like generally that's not the case. You know, it's like generally what wins gunfights is volume. So they realized mm-hmm. like a 45, you can fit more like a 40. It has mm-hmm. a, clip, a stopping. Just a like, just a, yeah. like, it, it has a stopping power name. Cause it's still a four in, in it, you know, it's still got a four there. Uh, so it doesn't have it had a reputation of being like a hard hitting cartridge, and you could get a couple more rounds in in the magazine with it. But then they um, did some more research and they ran with that forty cal for a few years or however long they did it, and then they just did more and more research and like, well, honestly, when you're talking like ball ammo, like full metal jackets, like yeah, the nine millimeter kind of sucks compared to a forty five and a forty. But when you're talking, um like hollow points, like defensive cartridges and stuff. When you're talking about that type of situation that cops use, they use hollow points. They don't mm-hmm. use fucking full metal jackets. They realize that the nine millimeter has plenty of ass behind it and plenty of, I guess, plenty of, ass, uh, killing power behind it. So they're like, well, mm-hmm. why don't we just use nine milks? So we can fit way more rounds in the gun then compared to 40 or 45. So it just kind of became that thing. Like 45 was like the old, old school, like cemented in history type of round and nine millimeter just surpassed both of them. Cause, because of they, they just did the studies and realized like that that's really not the case. Like the man stopping power is cool yeah. and all, but when you miss, it doesn't matter. And if yeah. you only have seven rounds in the, in the magazine <laughs> and the other guy's got 15, then who's going to win? You know, when you run out of seven rounds, you still haven't killed the guy, and he's and he sh- say you're shooting shot for shot. You know, he's got fucking plenty of ammo to kill you with. You know, so yeah, yeah, that's where okay. that all came from. Like they're just yeah, I never understood the the yeah because I I saw the 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 rise in popularity, and then I stepped away from the gun world for I don't know, a couple of years, just you know, hunting more really really than anything, and came back to it, and I'm like. How come the forties not around? So I, you know what, I appreciate that. that you know, I've, I've been able to ask a few of these personal questions here tonight. I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, no problem, dude. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just fun to dive into the like, histories of of things and everything else. So it's like, yeah, no, because I mean, you're right though. There's a lot of cartridges out there that became super popular for a little bit, and then they just kind of died off. 
And honestly, where the generally kind of in the civilian market where the military and like law enforcement agencies, where they kind of start steering is where the general population kind of steers to. So it kind of makes sense. Like the 40 was, and the 40 is not a bad round. It's just, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, why? Like if I want something big, I'll shoot a 45. If I want something smaller, I'll shoot a nine millimeter or a 357 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, just didn't really make much sense. I, I think that's why it kind of died off. Cool. Yeah, but um, so you, so why did you? You said you were in the gun world a lot more back in the day. Yeah, well, just like I was way more into firearms back in the day. Okay, um, kind of in my like college, early college years, where I was. I was getting guns and ammo. I was watching Thursday night at the range in the dorm that had the, the outdoor channel. Um, I just was a little bit more into it. One of my dad's friends, he'd shoot in bowling ball matches on Sunday. So I went and did that with him a few times where you, Oh, I, I, I think they had like a, a cap division and then a, a open division. And then you, you shoot 22s at the end with, with, and you were just shooting the tops of bowling pins. And that was kind of cool. And, um, Shot sporting clays here and there, you know, with the old man back okay. back in the day a lot more. Yeah, I was just, I was much more in the know, and and like I said, I was I was into it. And I always envisioned myself buying a lot more guns. Yeah, I just got bit by the bow hunting and deer hunting bow bugs hunting, so yeah. bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's easy. That, that just that's easy to get. Yeah, into. yeah, like, that just ate me up for time and money. Yeah, I did the same thing though. Honestly, like uh, when I got into bow hunting, I was like, because I've all. <sighs> I never since I was a kid, I've been into guns and just loved, like, you know, shot a lot. You know, I shot, I grew up on an acreage. So my dad gave me a 22 when I was like real young and I just would go out and shoot, you know, birds and rabbits and squirrels and shit out in the backyard quite a bit and fucked around with that. Kind of like the same way that you, you, you were saying, I, I think. And, uh, uh, I just, I've always loved guns. I joined the army at a young age, um, and did that thing for quite a while. And I've just always been around guns. I just loved guns all the time. Then, um, I got back home, I got out of the army and got back home. My buddy, Matt Moon, he got me into fucking bow hunting and he's like, yeah, just come out with me on one season and see how you like it. I'm like, okay. So I did. And I shot, I ended up shooting a small buck. I'm like, holy shit. That was fun. So then I just fell into bow hunting and I just, I, I did the same thing though. Cause it's so hard to learn something new like archery and then also mm-hmm. keep up. So like, I had a couple years span there too, where I was just like balls deep in archery and trying to figure that whole game out. And once I got yeah, and, mo- and money, money don't grow on trees either. Yeah. Like, if you want to buy a few guns or do you want to like buy a nice couple stands or, or maybe you got to pay for gas for scouting or a lease or, you know, camo, bows, like all that stuff is, is cash. And, you know, generally guys in their twenties, you're not making a ton of it. Yeah. And that's the thing with bow hunting is it takes, it does require a lot more time to be successful time. And honestly Mm -hmm. with time and kind of comes money where it's like, you know, you want to find an unpressured piece, whether it's public or private and, uh, you know, figure it out. And it does take a lot of time to get good at. And that's why guys love archery like bow hunting and stuff, especially so much. Cause like, well, it's so much more of a challenge and this, that, and the other. And I, I get that. And I, I agree, you know, but, uh, you know, with gun hunting, especially in Iowa where you party hunt a lot more and do deer drives and shit, uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, you can, 
you, you have a lot more free time if you're just gun hunting. So, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff, but bow hunting does require a lot of time from you and stuff. And it's just it, getting into it, especially when you're in your late twenties and get into bow hunting, you're kind of like, you already have a kid and a family and all this other shit. And you're like, fuck, but I, you just lose track yeah. of time and you end up like every free, every free moment I have, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out this bow hunting thing. And it is fun. It's just, it's, it's a totally different, it's a totally different way to hunt. It's, I, I don't even like comparing gun hunting to bow hunting because it's just two totally different ways to hunt. And they're both fun in their own right, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's different. That's for sure. It does take time. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. if you're trying to find an unpressured piece, like private and stuff and leases and all that other shit. But that's a whole other conversation there too. Oh yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't know. We're um, at about an hour and a half, and I don't want to take up your whole night. I know you're a busy guy and all, but uh, I don't know. I guess uh, so. We didn't get into really get into. So you do like whitetail experience? Like you have a YouTube channel and all that good stuff. Like, can you kind of talk tell us about all that real quick and kind of yeah, how, how, how you how you got into all that shit and everything else? Yeah, yeah. So, I'll, I let's see here. I think Whitetail Experience has been around for, for eight years, and that's like a basically a YouTube channel, a brand. And, and when we started, you know, we were wanting to film our hunts and and do that thing. And, and honestly, I've morphed it into more of just a general YouTube platform where it's gear, it's hunting topics, it's our hunts, it's you know. It's definitely evolved over the, the course of time. We've done some podcasting here and there, just, you know, long form conversation is always, I don't know, it's cool, right? Like people get to know you much better on that kind of uh, aspect. But uh, yeah, we, I, I primarily, I, it's not, I still have a day job, like I, but it's, it's a passion project. Um, and I've kind of developed some skills in kind of the photo video world and done some cool projects over the years, both in the space and then outside of it. Um, and then that's kind of my side hustle, if you will, is I, I do some, some videography or whatever, and work with some brands in the space. Um, yeah, but yeah, sure. it, it, it's, it's been, it's been fun. I started, I think four to six months after Kurt and them officially launched. Like I, I, um, Kurt and I have kind of remained really good friends and I, I don't know, I can bounce a business idea off him. I can bounce. Yeah. I texted him the other night about my, my son, being a cracker barrel and talking about a buck on the wall and he didn't know who shot it. And I was like, Kurt thinks it's funny. Cause he talks about his daughter, you know, having deer heads on the wall. And <laughs> I don't know. He's just been a good asset to me as far as, um, it just both guys entering the space and me kind of doing it at a side hustle level is a good way to describe it. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, for um, sure. I and mean, Kurt's awesome. He's a great guy and he's a great guy to, you know, know and bounce that stuff off of it. Even though you're in, two i guess similar but different worlds where you're more you're more video content focused mm-hmm. and he's more audio content focused with podcasting and long form podcasts and shit like like I'm doing too and um all that good stuff but I mean he knows the industry very well you know he you know he has a lot of good connections and stuff and he's definitely I wouldn't be doing this right now if it wasn't for Kurt and Eric and you know, obviously Doug and stuff too, but you know, yeah. like Kurt and Eric spe- specifically, cause you know, they, with working class and all uh, everything they've, they've done, but yeah, they're definitely good dudes to have around bounce ideas off of. But 
So did you guys start or is, is it just you? Do you just do so, experience or you have a whole team behind you kind of deal? Or? Don't get me wrong. Like it, it's a group of guys. We were all sitting around working on a truck, drinking beer and said, let's film our hunts. We were big fans of whitetail adrenaline at the time. Um, this is a little bit before some of the public land boom, which was, which kind of helped springboard us to, I don't know, get some better views on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously back then we're like, Oh, we're all going to do this. And, and realistically, like n- nobody else on the team has a computer knows how to edit and, 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 you know, drives the boat. So, so they still film their hunts and, and we will put them on the channel. But as far as like day to day, some of the, the business aspects of whitetail experience, like it's all me. Okay. Um, but it's still fun. It's, it's, it, we're all, you know, we all have kids now versus when we started, we really, you know, I, I was the last one to, to, to do that or whatever. And, <laughs> and that, that essentially takes you, that takes you out of the woods significantly from our late twenties time period of our lives. But, you know, it's one of those things that, yeah, we, we still hunt kind of as a team where we'll still scout pieces or share info or, um, you know, some of the guys, yeah, we, we're all hunting on the weekends. It's just not as, as coordinated as what it used to be. So, yeah, I would say white tech experience is kind of oh, mainly my, myself. But, yeah, there's a couple other guys that are involved with the brand. Awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I've watched uh, a, quite a few of your YouTube videos and stuff like that. And I think I've been following you around on like Instagram and all that shit, too, for quite a while. So, um, I mean, I think you guys are put, I think you're putting out some pretty good stuff. You're, you're doing a lot more, like, short uh, videos like short videos. yeah like the hunting public they're more like they're they got super popular out of kind of i i guess not really out of nowhere but kind of like they kind of blew up out of when they started um but they're doing like it seems like a lot of the hunting content it's really they're, they're really focused on like that 30 to 45 minute to hour mark of videos and stuff and what i like about you, like you is you're putting out like more bite-sized content which is always nice you know when i'm getting ready for yeah. like, work and shit and everything else i can pop one on and learn something so it's always nice yeah yeah like i love like a three to ten minute video on a certain subject or maybe it's a, a gear test video maybe it's that that that's kind of my realm yeah I w- and i want to keep the pace moving because like if people got shit to do yeah um, oh yeah so 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 yeah i am i'm a, like if i was gonna go i don't know do a video on a, uh, uh, if I was going to show you my home gun range, right? Like, you know, I got a couple plates set up and, um, I would make that video two to three minutes, but I might shoot it a little better. Like I sometimes throw some extra B roll in there. Cause I, I do, I like videography. Like I'm, I'm a little bit into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what the channel was, was built on. And yeah, we occasionally get lucky enough and shoot a few bucks and obviously put our hunts on there. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's more of a hunting YouTube channel than really anything. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I, we kind of fucked around with some videos. We have a couple Victor Drive videos on, uh, the working class bow hunter, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not pouring a lot into it just because it's so time consuming. And with, uh, podcasting and full time job and family and hunting and doing all this other shit, it's tough getting out there and recording shit. Um, but, it's just something I just need to start doing more of because it's fun. It is fun. Like once you get into the videography and you start putting everything together and you put it out there and you watch it and you're like, damn, that was pretty neat. You know, that was fun. Like that was pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's different for sure. 
And that's kind of something that I'm thinking about with this podcast too, is like, I love these long form conversations and sitting down and really getting to know somebody and having all these awesome guests on that I've been having on and very fortunate for, you know, people like you coming on and giving me the time of day and talking and stuff. It's uh, an absolute blast. I love doing it. I'll never stop. I won't stop doing this, but I'm definitely thinking about, um, and I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast too, where I'm thinking about putting out more, uh, episodes like just solo episodes and they'd be shorter like bite-sized content like very topic specific whether it's like you know certain cartridge or right or gun or you know uh, just topic in the industry whether it's like 2a stuff uh some i love that you know, idea that kind of shit and just make it more bite-sized so if someone doesn't have that much time they can just pop on like oh shit that's an interesting topic that jake's gonna go over but it'd just be me talking yeah, like that 40 yeah, that forty cal talk would have been awesome. The rise and fall of the forty cal. You could do your three to five minute. Just you knew the history. Yeah, and you could talk about it. You 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 know, and if you had a couple of notes, you might pull out like a specific firearm or uh, actual capacity numbers. But dude, like me, I would immediately push download on a three to ten minute podcast that says the rise and fall of forty cal. Right, and that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Is like I I would love to start doing more of that for the listeners and stuff. Cause I know it's a, it's a commitment when you get on there and you look up victory drive and you're like, Oh shit. Like, okay. He talked to this dude for fucking two hours. And he talked to this other dude for three hours and you know, hour and a half, you know, that's generally what my podcasts are. I try to keep them when I have guests on, I try to keep them, um, no less than an hour. And I try not to go over like the three hour mark. Sometimes we've gotten a little rowdy and went pretty long, but, um, you know, it's like, I understand that's a commitment to jump on and be like, oh, shit, buckle in. It's a three-hour-long episode this week, you know, kind of deal. I get that. So that's why I want to put out more bite-sized content in the in a podcast platform and just kind of keep it going that way. I just, I, just need to, I just need to do it. But my problem is, like, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, okay, well, what if I sound like a fucking idiot? And, <laughs> you know, and I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm a little self-conscious is all, but I just need to get the confidence and be like, you know what, just fucking do it, Jake. Just oh, dude! I think you're in, well spoken. But... You got the voice for it. You go for it, man. I, uh, I, I'll go cringe and look at my videos even from like two years ago. Right? Like the only way to get better at solo podcasting and micro content is to do it. Yeah, for sure. And that's what everyone says. That's in this space, like content creator, if you want to call it that kind of space, where they're like, you know, you hear that from a lot of like success, successful ones. Like, and I might go back in the archives and dig up some of my old shit. It is bad, but that's how I got to this point now is by just doing it and just figuring the fuck out and realizing what people like and what they don't like and how I suck and then just got better at it. So I just need to, I just need to do, it. I just need to find the time, put it aside and start doing it. But yeah, it's fun. It'll, it'll be a fun project. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I set a goal. I'm going to start doing it in 2024 for sure. So I was thinking, okay. I was thinking after, um, at, you know, after like, I was thinking after trade show season and stuff, but I might start before then. I don't know. We'll see. But I like it. I'd like to. Do I like it. it. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, did, I mean, did you have anything else that you wanted to throw out there? No. I mean, you guys, you got a lot going on, so. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I enjoyed the firearm talk tonight. Like, yeah. totally different than any other podcast I've been on, and I don't know a ton, but I like to. I like to BS about guns. Oh, um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're red buzzard Americans, but uh, no, I appreciate it. And yeah, if, if guys are interested in, oh, uh, I don't know, I, I would call our channel uh, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a YouTube hunting channel, a little bit more on the, the DIY and, and probably a little more of the, the, the run and gun side of things as far as some gear tests and stuff like that. Check our channel out. But, yeah, I appreciate you having me on tonight. Yeah. We'll look forward to maybe doing a I, – I now got my eye on a Springfield 1911. So this there you is go. Good. Yep, for sure. No, I, I really appreciate you coming on, Byron. And, uh, well, maybe when we get going a little bit longer in and stuff, um, some other time we can pop on and actually go over some, like – whitetail tactics and all that kind of stuff and what you see because you do a lot of like public land hunting stuff too don't you yeah yeah a little more big woods focused i would say yeah. um, over the the midwest stuff which uh there's there's plus minuses um, sure. a little different game sometimes yeah for sure no i'd love to go over some of that stuff um at a later date for sure so uh well yeah i appreciate it byron thanks for coming on again man all right <laughs>